Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, with my husband and co-host, Mike. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to talk a little bit more about rest. Hopefully, y'all aren't sick of hearing about this topic, (laughs) but it is a big theme for us this year, and it is something that has to be continually revisited, I believe, at least for us. And when we recorded the last time, Mike had mentioned that he has a really cool revelation in his study on rest in a different perspective. And I wanted to kind of interview him on that a little bit today. And just to revisit that for me lately, at least, I find myself feeling a little overwhelmed at times. And the bottom line really comes down to not engaging in the moment, scattered thinking about all the different tasks, responsibilities, events coming up. And I'm hoping today, and I believe today, that as we have this discussion, I'm going to gain a new insight on this topic. And as many times, my husband helps inspire me (laughs) and help me get over certain things. And this uh, definition I came across for rest as a verb is to remain confident, trust, to be based or founded. And I really like that. It helped me remember that. When we live in a state of rest, it's when we find ourselves being founded and rooted on a firm foundation. And in that foundation, we trust in it and we're very confident to continue each moment of every day doing what's right. So without further ado, Michael, (laughs) could you share with us on rest? Sure. A lot of pressure. Uh, (laughs) One thing that stands out to me from the definition that you just shared is the being confident and being based or founded on something. When you have a firm foundation, then you feel like you can let go for mm-hmm. a little bit. You don't feel the pressure of having to make things happen all the time. And so I feel like that's the root of rest for me. And really it comes down to the Sabbath. That's the, the real revelation for me coming from Deuteronomy 5. And uh, the verse that gets shared a lot in the Christian circles that we're in is the one in Matthew where Jesus is saying, I am the Lord even over the Sabbath as his disciples are like plucking the wheat as they're walking through the fields. And everybody's getting mad at the disciples for working on the Sabbath. And Jesus is basically saying, hey, chill guys, it's it's okay. And uh, I feel like a lot of people use that verse as a license to do whatever they want on the Sabbath day, which for us is Sundays. And that never really sat right with me. And then we've got this Bible reading plan that we go through every year. And I remember one year going through it chronologically and stumbling upon this verse in the New Living Translation, which says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. This is Deuteronomy 5.12. As the Lord your God has commanded you, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And that is the part that stood out to me because we've been very involved with our church for a long time and we're elders now, but for many years we've been going twice on Sundays. I'm on the worship team, so I'm there an hour and a half at least before service a lot of times, so we're there right away in the morning. We get back in time to eat lunch. We've got a few hours at home and then we go back for church again. And 
if you have a traditional American view of Sabbath, it's like, well, you go to church, you spend an hour. If it's any longer than that, certain denominations, you'll just get up and walk out because it's been over 60 minutes and you got to get back to your chores or whatever else you were going to be doing that day. And uh, that's the thing that always kind of bugged me was that pressure to do your personal stuff on the weekends. And if you're going to have a Sabbath day, really, you've got just the one day, Saturday for us, in order to do your personal projects, clean up your yard, whatever, because the rest of it is going to be God's. And so the the temptation, I think, is to, well, I can't fit it all in that one day, so I'm going to let some of it spill over into that other day. And uh, every time that I've allowed that to happen, uh, just because we're at church so often, it just feels like I can never make any progress. So even if I feel the pressure of wanting to get something done during a Sunday afternoon when I'm home, I can never make a whole lot of progress. And then I feel bad about that. So the big revelation that I got was just, (laughs) it's right there in the verse. God told us exactly what to do. Just don't do anything on Sunday. And, uh, I realized that I wasn't doing nothing on a Sunday. I'm on worship team. We, a lot of times, are part of the prayer team before service and stuff like that. Like Sundays are ministry days for us, and there's a lot of work that's being done. But it's all the extra stuff that I just accept the fact that nothing else is going to happen on a Sunday anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be in the house of God doing what we do because we've already decided that's the most important thing. And the moment that I just decided that's going to be it, the relationship with everything that we did at church changed. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a duty. It wasn't an obligation. It became a joy. And instead of being something that made me exhausted and burned out because I was trying to slide in some other stuff around it, whether that be getting to the gym or finishing a book or editing a podcast in between, whatever, you know, the things that I never really wanted to do on a Sunday, but they just kind of spilled over into the those cracks, the, those white space because I didn't have solid boundaries in place. The minute that I just said, you know, none of that's going to happen. I'm just going to be focused on the thing that I'm doing, that the, keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. That's when the rest came. You know, I, I wasn't it was kind of dramatic and it was kind of instant, but like I remember coming back from service that that first day I had that revelation years ago at this point and feeling like, wow, I am now ready to go for the next week, which if you look at the, the amount of quote unquote work we're doing on a Sunday, it's full-time job level of, of effort that we're putting in. But it's no longer life-taking. It's now life-giving because it's the right thing at the right time. And that's really what it comes down to. And when I avoid or get out of that trap of feeling overwhelmed, it's stepping back and saying, okay, what is the right thing for right now? And once that's identified and and I do it, it, all the pressure is released and there's no burden. It's just, no, this is right for right now. Like if it's playing a board game with my kids, like, Nothing else is more effective or life-giving than that that moment. Yep. And in the last episode, I talked about the places we go when things don't turn out the way we want. And a lot of it has to do with 
disappointment and unmet expectations. And when you were talking about how going into a Sunday, for example, or whatever that day is for you, and having these expectations of like, okay, so I have these responsibilities, I'm going to go to church, et cetera, et cetera, but I also am going to finish this side project and do this thing at home and et cetera. You have these expectations, whether you wrote them down or not, they're in your head. And as the day goes and those things don't happen, it creates this negative cycle and it is life-taking because yep. it's the wrong thing at the wrong time. And, and that's, that's never going to work. And that's really what it comes down to is the unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. If I am going to go into a Sunday specifically with expectations for the things that I am going to do, I am robbing myself of the rest that God has made available to me when I just release it, stay in the moment and do what he's called and anointed me to do. When I do it his way, I come home on Sunday night and I am refreshed and restored and ready to go for the week. When I do it my own way, I feel more exhausted than I did at the beginning of the day. And it feels like the whole week now is kind of set up for disaster. Yeah. And that sounds sensational, but it really is true. It's it's hard to describe the amount of life that gets put back into me when I just for one day, quit trying to make it happen the way I think it should. Yeah. And today I taught kindergartners at church and our lesson was on corruption. And basically the lesson is that when we do things our way, it doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Like, And they're kindergartners, right? So we talked about corruption and what it is and it's things going from good to bad. And I asked them if they had ever tasted a fruit Let's say they bit into an apple and it was mushy and gross. Or they started peeling a banana and eating it and it was all full of bruises. That doesn't taste good. And what left to our own devices as human beings, we are going to fall short. And for us as Bible-believing Jesus Christ is our Savior Christians, (laughs) this is foundational for us. And it is amazing the result in the peace in our mind and in our body and in our lives when we operate this way. But in order to get the fruit from it, you do have to release the expectations. And that's a little bit scary sometimes, Uh Uh, especially if you are motivated and uh, I don't know what the word is, but like I've always been very, I'm going to do this thing and I'll do it. You know, I decided I was going to write a book. So I got up (laughs) early and started writing. I didn't have any sort of idea on how it was going to happen. Just figured I better start writing. So I did it. And eight months later, I had self-published my first book. I didn't let a lack of knowledge stop me from Mm -hmm. doing the thing. And if you're very driven and you set a lot of important goals and you have strong whys behind them, they can kind of dominate your thoughts all the time. But that rest component that's really, really important. You can't just keep going all the time. And it's kind of like as parents, we, we see things in the lives of our kids and we recognize like, that's not good. They're going to burn themselves out. Mm-hmm. Go figure. God's smarter than we are. And, and he's like, I can't just let them drive all the time. Yeah. 
they're going to burn themselves out. I, I'm reminded of that passage in Exodus, I think, when Moses' father-in-law. It's like, you're going to burn yourself out. Like, it's yeah. obvious from the outside yeah. that what you're doing isn't good, mm-hmm. but you can't see it in the moment. And God's built in this system where it multiplies the time back to you. You know, if I were to try to rest on my own, it's not going to be the same as resting God's way. Yeah. If I'm going to be restored, my tank is completely empty. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm just going to stay home and I'm going to just lay on the couch, whatever. <laughs> like I'll get a little bit more fuel in the tank, but there's no way I'm going to come close to going from empty to full, which is what God wants us to do so that the rest of the week, starting Monday, we can go out and do the things that he's called and anointed us to do. And when you just surrender and be like, okay, I give up, I'll, I'll, I'll just do it your way. It's really what makes everything else click into place. And this sounds really scary if you've not been in that place before where you've released the control, but that's what rest is. It's it's yep. trust. Like you said, mm-hmm. trust that somebody smarter than you has <laughs> figured this out and has your best interest in mind. Yep. So just do it their way. It's the same thing. Like if you're playing a sport and the coach calls a play, the players have to believe that the coach sees something they don't see. Mm-hmm. And so they, okay, I don't understand why if I go over here that I'm going to be open and I'm going to be able to hit that three-pointer. But that's what a coach does. They put their players in a position where they can execute and they can be successful. The coach doesn't get the MVP trophy. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones in the, the headlines. It's the, it's the players. Yeah. Uh, and if the, the players don't trust the coach, then they'll just go freelance. They'll do their own thing and the, the whole team suffers. Yeah. And that foundation and trust in that foundation is crucial, like you were just saying. It is so, so important. And one thing I was also discussing today with these young students was that if our creator is God, then the creator gets to make the rules and the principles by which the players, so to speak, use in a game. And I shared with them that some of my children have made their own board games. They've drawn up their own map or (laughs) game board, and then they have pieces, which are often Lego pieces, and you go through and you play this board game, and they make up the rules for it because they're the creator. And if our creator God made us, and he knows our most inward parts, and he designed us, doesn't he get to set the rules and the principles by which we live and he knows the best way for us to thrive? So when we go against that system that's been here from the beginning of time, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. And So not only does he design the game and let you play it, but he lets you win every time. <laughs> if you do it, if you play by the rules. Yeah, the only thing that, that doesn't work in that, scenario is if you're playing one game and you decide that you would rather be playing a different game and so you just start pretending that the rules say something else that doesn't actually change the rules it doesn't change the parameters of the game that you are playing but Mm -hmm. you just defiantly declare i'm gonna go play this other thing right now it doesn't work that way it's like we create an alternate reality and we in our own mind set set up our situation, our environment to play out the way we want it to. When at the root and foundation, it's not going to work. We may be delusional thinking that it'll work, but it never will. Yep. 
And when you were talking before about what you do and always driving, 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 I watched a movie recently with my younger children. And it's not necessarily a movie I would watch over and over, but the message of it I really liked. And there's these this grandmother and they're the, these children and they receive gifts. And they're they're all these like superpower magical gifts, right? We don't we're not big on magic over here, so I'm not gonna overdo the movie. But <laughs> the lesson was there and we talked about the lesson afterwards. And at the end of it, the grandma was so focused on not losing the gift that she had this crazy amount of pressure she put on the children and grandchildren to do everything they could to serve the community they were protecting. <laughs> and the one that was super strong, she felt pressure constantly to be strong and, and help everyone and just do all the things. And the other one that was perfect, she could just make flowers and uh, beautiful trees and all this. That was her power. She felt this pressure to be perfect all the time. And they each had their own gift and they each had their own weight that they were under. And what happened was the highlight was on the gift and it wasn't on the person. And mm. that's what we do. Yeah, We get so focused on go, 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 do, 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 especially in our culture, that when we don't remember that, first of all, I'm a person and what I do is just an overflow of who I am and that the person next to me, it's the same, that they're valuable who they are as as they are right now, because they're a person, a special person, unique. No one else in the world ever in history is like them. And what we do, that's great. Yeah, you but, are not the list of your accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> we are who we are. Like we're valuable because we are a human being. Mm -hmm. And remembering that is so important. And in that, we can rest because yeah. our value is not on what we produce. Yeah, when you're not measuring your worth based on what you produce you don't feel the urgency to constantly be producing something mm -hmm. you're free to just let it go and let it be and mm -hmm. engage with the the moment and that's really what god wants from us he wants us to be in the moment he wants yep. us to make a difference while we're here but the way that we do that is by being engaged with the people around us yep. and not missing out on the opportunities that are presented to us every single day. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can miss a lot of that stuff when you're so future focused and I have to achieve this goal. Yeah, You get focused on the doing rather than the being. Mm -hmm. We're not human doings. We're <laughs> human, human beings. beings. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> and when we live this way, then we can instill this mindset into those around us that who we are, the character that we have far outweighs anything we could ever do. Mm -hmm. And that's a place of rest. Yep. And from this point, I wanted to talk a little bit about some details. Do you have any practices daily that help you live in a state of rest? Because it's we talked about the Sabbath. We talk, talked about having that one day dedicated to God where we're not trying to do all the projects for work or at home. But that doesn't that's not accomplished just in one day. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a bigger uh, routine and habit and mindset. So do you have some of those on a regular <laughs> basis that you do that help you separate that and live in that state? 
Well, one of the things that talked about before with the personal retreats is that I constantly have uh, things that I am choosing to stop doing. Uh, And so that forces me to create margin for things that really hit the mark. But I think the biggest takeaway from all of this, especially when you couple it with the revelation about resting on the, the Sabbath is what I call the spirit test. You've heard me explain this to people before. And it was a revelation I got when we were asked to go to uh, Costa Rica on a missions trip. And at the time we were asked, I had just been let go of my full-time job and I was trying to make faith-based productivity a thing. And I was like, there's no way I can go. I'm trying to start a business. I don't know where my income's coming from. And I got five kids at home that I got to feed. Like (laughs) there'll be another time, but not right now. And uh, the short version of that story was that I had to learn to, uh, and the way it was, uh, I heard God tell me was, say it out loud, you're going to Costa Rica, and what does it do inside of you? And then vice versa, say it out loud, uh, you're not going to Costa Rica, what does that do inside of you? And being able to put myself in that situation and feel myself saying both those things and, and just noticing what that did to my spirit, you know, did I feel a peace, like this is the right thing, or was it like a scratching, like this is wrong? Uh, TLDR, we decided to go. I had no idea how it was going to happen, and uh, within 24 hours of us saying yes, our trips were not only paid for, but I was also offered a full-time job by somebody that I told you, I wish this person would just offer me a job. <laughs> yeah one of my internet heroes. And that is an example, one point in time of, you know, God wants to make it easier for us than we make it on ourselves. I was trying to, well, I'm just going to work really hard and get this thing off the ground. And basically he was saying, just don't work so hard. So I try to, I try to incorporate that throughout my day and and ask ask God constantly, are the things that I'm doing, are they the right things? And then every time I have an opportunity, I run it through that spirit test. What does it feel like if I'm mm-hmm. going to say yes to this thing? What does it feel like if I'm going to say no to these to this thing? And uh, I just got done with a season which was really, really crazy busy. But everything that I had said yes to had been filtered through that test and everything worked. You know, I was coaching basketball. I was teaching Bible college. Those were things that shouldn't have fit in the schedule, but because they were the right things and I wasn't trying to make them happen myself, they clicked. Mm -hmm. And it didn't have to be something where I was just completely burned out and no energy because I I wasn't doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. I was doing it for the right reasons and I was doing it in the anointing that God had for me to do it instead of trying to manufacture and spend my own energy wisdom in order to, to do that stuff. That's the biggest thing I can give people is make sure that the data, the little things, the details, mm-hmm. you're running everything through that filter of, is this the right thing for me to do? Because if you're doing even the little things wrong and you just, you one little thing here, another little thing there, they add up yeah, and they add a whole bunch of pressure and a whole bunch of weight that maybe you weren't supposed to be carrying at all. Yeah, a phrase we like to say between us, the two of us is, death by a thousand paper cuts. (laughs) It's all those little things that really do matter and add up. And I've been getting even more in the practice of evaluating moment by moment the different things. 
what I should be doing right now, what I should not be doing, etc. And one lesson that we keep hearing lately is that God's commands are not burdensome. And we've talked about this a little bit in this episode already. When I think of a burden, I I think of his donkey that's carrying like a crazy <laughs> huge load and maybe even a cart behind him. And it's just one donkey. Like, sure, they're strong enough, but that's a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture I get when we try and carry it all ourselves. It's a burden. It's hard. It's exhausting. Your shoulders hurt. Your neck hurts. You get headaches easily. All this. It's hard. to. You just feel crushed under the weight of all of it because we're not meant to carry it. Yeah, the verse you're thinking of, I think it's in First John, says the commands of the Lord are not burdensome, but on the other end of the, the spectrum, I think it's Nehemiah 8.10, it says that the joy of the Lord mm-hmm. is my strength. Right. <laughs> so going back to what I had got about Deuteronomy and keeping the, the Sabbath, I was recognizing that there was no joy in what I was mm-hmm. doing. Just telling on myself here. And so I was robbing myself of the strength that I needed to do what God had called me to do the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And the minute that I just like, okay, you want me to do it this way. I trust you and believe that you've got this planned out, figured out. Even if I don't see how it's going to work out, I believe you, God, and I'm just going to enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, that gives you the the strength that you need to do everything else that you, you need to do. When you said the joy of the Lord is your strength, it made me think of one of the um, red flags for me. I don't even know if you know this, that in my life, if I'm not spontaneously breaking out in song on occasion, I know I'm not living in a state of rest and joy. <laughs> because <laughs> you and Joshua both. <laughs> I've always been like, I'm not saying I have a great voice. I've never been on the worship team or anything like that or in a choir really well in school, but I think our school, everyone was in the choir at some point. But it's just, I love I love to sing. I love music. I'm not going to sing ever on the podcast for you. But it's like, you know, you just it just comes out. And yeah. if, I, if that's not coming out of me, that's like a red flag. Like, okay, all right, time to get back to what's most important and get back to the foundation. Yeah. But I know for me, I've talked about this before too, but it's very, very important for me to do the right things, put on that oxygen mask first. And as much as I can, rising early before the rest of my family to pray, read the word. And I usually get one scripture that stands out to me and I meditate on that word throughout the day. And it hits the mark for what for that day. Like it just there's always something that that is highlighted as I'm reading. And then exercising as well, which has been pretty regular lately. Hopefully I, I just trust that I can keep up this trend. It's not <laughs> something that comes naturally for me, like some people. <laughs> but I'm gonna keep going. So taking care of myself, spirit, soul, and body is what keeps me on that foundation and keeps me trusting in that foundation. It's very, very important. Yeah, you got to take care of your spirit first, but then the other thing that really makes a much bigger difference than you realize is taking care of your body. Yep. Whether that's eating right or exercising regularly or getting enough sleep. You know, I'm going through a book right now called Creative Calling by Chase Jarvis for Bookworm. And he talks about there was a point in his life where he believed he was one of those people who just didn't need that much sleep. 
and he was getting five hours of sleep regularly. And then he had a week vacation and he's like, I'm just not going to use a, use an alarm. Let's see how much uh, sleep my body needs. And he slept 14 hours a day. Oh my For goodness. Six days in a row. Wow. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. And then he noticed though how much better he felt at the end of that. Hmm. And he's like, I've been sleepwalking through life. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so when you take care of your body, there's so much stuff that you do that is dependent on your mind. You don't have to be a knowledge worker. Yeah, it's true. Creator in order for that to be inhibited. It, yep. it messes everything up. Mm-hmm. And when you can get your body in alignment, it just makes everything so much, so much easier. Well, we went on a family vacation recently and every day you and I, we would go to bed at what, 10? Yeah. And we would get up at like 7.30 and I'm like, wow, <laughs> nine and a half hours. Like that's a lot of sleep for us. And it wasn't until the last two days that I actually woke up before seven. And I, obviously we needed the extra rest and we just took the opportunity and didn't set alarms and it was good. And we're thankful we, we were able to do that. But man, it, it is crazy to underestimate rest. Yep. And when you talk about taking care of our bodies, drinking tons of water and eating the right foods, it makes all the difference. Because if we don't yeah, have to fight against symptoms, because most sickness comes from inflammation and most inflammation comes from bad habits, bad eating and drinking habits. Mm-hmm. So if we can take care of those very basic things that eat right, drink lots of water, then we are setting our mind up and our body up to be successful yep. and not making extra burdens for ourselves. That's the theme here. Don't make things harder than they have (laughs) to be. I'm really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Overthinking. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We all do it. Well, as we revisit this topic of rest, again, (laughs) hopefully (laughs) it's not becoming redundant, but hopefully you heard something new. Maybe there's some new routine that you were inspired to start to launch in your own life. And what, what is rest for you? That'd be a good thing to identify. Maybe there's a principle we study that you'd like to just explore yourself and really get um, a new picture and a revelation for yourself. Doing what's right is never a burden. The more we take action doing the right things, we have power to persevere. Rest is not laziness. It's not vacations. It's not having nothing on the calendar. It's a state of being. Thanks for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally.